I have a few thoughts and I feel we should talk about and then we'll start laying hands on people. It's the world's worst put together sermon. So just hang in there. The thoughts are good. It's just a bad sermon. <laughs> it's just put together bad. So, oh, Jesus. God didn't create our bodies for sickness. He built you for presence. Not infirmity. He built you to abide in glory, um, not agony. He designed you for love, not pain. You see, when, when I go after healing and I talk about this, this process of the believer, how many know you have to set your eyes onto what the Bible says? How many know the problem is that experiences happen in life that filter how we read the Bible? We pray for somebody, and they don't get healed. And we're, oh, God still heals, and we pray for somebody the next week. And then how many, God still heals, and we pray for somebody the next week. And then how many know that in that season, sometimes that we don't, have the answer to our prayers, it begins to filter how we see healing. I'm going to be real, just real simple with this, all right? But we don't preach based on our experiences that have happened that don't line up with the word. We have to focus on exactly what it says about healing. And it it actually, there's not a verse in the Bible that says what to do when you're not healed. Because it's not supposed to be our expectation. He tells you how to believe, how to lay hands on people, how to believe for healing. And I've prayed for people many, many times that unfortunately didn't get healed. And I've also prayed for a lot of people that did get healed. That if I would have backed off when I experienced the lack of healing, other people may have missed out on it. And so when I talk about healing, I come, I'm letting you know, I come from a very strong approach of what exactly does God have to say about that. Now when I do that, people are like, well, that's not been my experience. Right? Maybe, I, maybe it has been some of the time. Maybe it's not been. But how many know that we still have to come at it from what God says about it? And so that's where I'm coming from. I have to clear my mind because I'm not going to let things that have happened filter how I talk about it. And people ask me often, I, I'll, I'll believe for the absolutely impossible things. And I have to a lot of times churn off my mind <laughs> and say, I, I literally say this to myself. There's one option. I'm believing for God to heal. I, I will, this is practical stuff. 
I tell myself, I'm only believing for one option, that he'll heal. And when I pray for you, that's the option in my mind. I don't work up a plan B. What if he doesn't? Well, it's not my reputation. I'm, I'm just one of his kids that love him that just are saying, I'm just releasing what my dad has. But if he doesn't, it's really not. I don't have to come up for answers with it. Because the problem is, is when you try to come up with answers for things that we don't need to come up with answers for, that's where we create some really, if I could say this, some really stupid stuff. Uh, there's, there's, there's literally doctrines that have been created from someone that prayed something that didn't happen, so they came up with a reason why it didn't happen. And then they gather everyone around their disbelief. But it's easier because there's a door out. Well, if it's God's will, it's a tough one, right? Well, if it's his will. He created us for wholeness. It says in Romans, I'm just going to give you some scriptures. Romans 12, 2 actually tells us that, that God, let's just read that one. Romans 12, 2 says this. It says that, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We all know that part, right? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought he had to prove it to me first. He said, no, it's your job to prove my will. When we're saying, well, I just need you to prove it. And he's saying, I can't prove it any more than I already did. It's been proven. And, and many, many times we pray things like that God would fulfill the will in this person's life when God is actually telling you and I, that one's on you. And it's our job to fulfill what he already paid for. We have to get this because, because God has... Let, let's say, let me say it this way. This will really blow your mind if you'll receive it. God has already done everything that he is going to do about healing. I, I want you to chew on that. He has literally done everything he is going to do about healing. Either the cross was enough or it wasn't. If you believe he has to do more, we're saying the cross wasn't enough. But see, that's where we get to put it back on him because he says, here's the deal, Romans 12, 2, you get to prove my will. But we're saying, well, Lord, if it's your will, and he's saying, I died for it. I can't prove it anymore. I can't give you anymore. I can't do anymore. I've done everything that needed to be done. What you just celebrated this morning was remembering what he did and saying, thank you for doing it all. And he's looking at you and saying, I've done everything I need to do. Tag, you're it. 
And I think that one of the greatest people say, well, why don't, why, why don't we see more healing? And I really, I really sincerely believe that one of the greatest hindrances is just simply right here so often. I'm not putting a blanket statement on everything, so please, what I say, don't put that on every situation this morning. But from my experience, one of the greatest hindrances in healing is often our thinking, which is why he said that if you would be renewed in your mind, he said don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? renewing of your mind, and he goes right into the will of God. I don't find it coincidence that he said, for you to be able to actually prove my will, first you have to be transformed in your thinking. You can't prove my will unless you've been renewed in your mind. Or what is happening? You're fighting yourself. You're fighting with yourself. We, we, have, we have to get this if we want to be effective. I don't know if you know this in church history, but there was actually a time when, when, when people would want to come into relationship with the Father. What we know as of now, I can just come up here and if somebody says, listen, I want to come in relationship with the Father, I can stand with them. I can say, great news. Let's, let's right now, let's just pray together. And let's believe for this. They leave this place, it's done. Right? If you don't say right to that, you got some major theology issues going on. <laughs> you don't. You just. You just say, "Hey, you know what? We can pray. Let's come before the Lord, and let's just make the decision right now that He's my dad, and it's done." But did you know it wasn't always that way? Did you know in church history they used to believe that it would take weeks, sometimes even months, the process of someone being brought into the kingdom? Most people don't know that. It would actually be a long process of getting them saved. But what happened? Well, we kept getting renewed in our thinking. And we kept better understanding that it doesn't have to be that way. And so as we better understood, things began to shift. Could it be that our thinking on healing is messing up the whole process? When God is saying you have to get your mind Align first. And from that place, you can prove my will. You see, there's people out there that pray and they have almost 100% healing rates. But those people aren't thinking in their head, what do I do if they don't get healed? Don't get mad at me. You see, Jesus took his position on this topic a couple thousand years ago. And he said, I'm going to die for it. Because in my body, in my blood, you have everything you need to be made whole. You see, Adam came and, and Eve came and, and he had this beautiful plan for them because he really does. How many know he really does love us? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter where you came from or what you've been taught. Trust me on that one. He really does love you. And here comes Adam and Eve, and Adam, and they, they mess things up, and, and, and God's up in heaven, and he says, oh, man, that's not going to work. What's not going to work? I, I, I can't watch my children have no answers. 
So we're going to have to fix this. So he says, I'm going to send my son. And he sends his son. And the Bible says that his son is the second Adam. Why? Because he came to reverse everything to say, hey, the, everything that was supposed to be for the first Adam, I'm bringing it back. And, the, and, and, and we talk about it as if we were to look at the first Adam and say, wow, look at the life the first Adam had. They had no sickness, no disease, none of this. But then they messed up and lost it. And Jesus and the Father sent the second Adam, who was Jesus. And we look at that one almost lesser. Well, I don't know if there's no sickness and no disease. He came to break the power of the curse. He came to create a new covenant. And then he said, okay, now you get to be in my covenant. You see, people, I don't have time to get into this, but one of the things that we so lack in our understanding of is that the Bible was written, the Bible was written through the filter of every page of this is through the filter of a covenant. You ever wondered why people look at God in certain Old Testament scriptures and like, why does he look so mean there? And why is he so nice there? And if God is good, why would he do that? Right? You want the answer? It's really easy. Because God would enter into covenants with them that they created. And they would make this covenant. And they would say, we want you to come into this covenant with us. Well, that's, there was some bad stuff in that covenant. There was a lot of judgment. There was a lot of stuff in that covenant that was, ah. But God said, if that's what you want, I'll come into that covenant with you. But the thing is, when God enters in a covenant, he will not break it. And so when he stepped into these covenants with them, he had to carry out the judgments that were in the covenants because it was what they invited him into. But it wasn't his heart. And there came a time where he said, this has to stop. These, this covenant has to end. So here's what I'll do. I'll send my son. And I'll start a covenant with him. It's called the new covenant. See, we, 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 we say words like new covenant. Like, you don't understand. Everything you get is because of the new covenant. Everything. I've heard people say, well, I don't know about all the new covenant stuff. What are you talking about? Th there's no options. If you, if you get, the funny thing is, is we try to bring rules with us. The only reason I would not know about the, I'm, I'm really leery about a new covenant is if I want to hang on to all my rules. Because I, I want all those rules. Because that's my, I like that feeling. And so we, he invites us in and says, you know, come on in. There's, there's one there's, there's, one, there's one law now, if you want to call it that. He said, there's one thing now. 
just love as I love you. You see, it used to be love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Right? It's not a trick question. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Problem is, is if you have a bad day, so does your neighbor. Because that's not the new covenant. The new covenant says, love as I've loved you. Wait a minute. I've been quoting that my whole life. There's no excuse now. He says, just love as I love you. He came to the cross. He shed his blood so that we would be able to be a part of a new covenant. And when Jesus was on the cross and when he was breathing his last breath, he did not say, it has started. That would be the thinking if we're still trying to, like, well, he's not done yet. He said, it's finished. I'm done. It's done. Go ahead. Some of us, our, our, our thinking is almost if he went, oh, I started it. When he said, I'm done. I can't do any more than what I did. He can't do more. I can feel your minds bouncing around. It's okay. And this isn't even in my notes. He did it all. He died on the cross. He, he gave... He, he gave us his word that even, even his word, he calls it a seed. What does that mean? It only can get bigger from there. He gave us this seed that's going to grow and grow. And he's trying to get this picture across to us, saying to his kids, listen, I finished, but I'm giving you a seed. It can only get bigger. couple more thoughts. He said in, um, it says in Mark 16, 15, it's the commission about going and healing the sick. That scripture, just remember the context of that scripture, though, is that he was talking about sending them out to those that aren't believers. He was not giving a thumbs up for believers to be sick. He said, your job is to heal. I'm sending you out. We often read these scriptures, and I think that we quote them in the context of, well, that scripture's for me. Well, he will heal you, absolutely. But it was actually written for people that weren't believers. There's nowhere that we can find scriptures about believers being sick and being infirmities because he was always in the new covenant talking about healing them, bringing healing, walking in wholeness. You're free from the curse. I know that when we get into this, people get really weird because they're like, well, I'm not talking about getting into weird, like, 
over the top, word of faith kind of stuff that we can get so extreme that when we have a cough, we're like, I'm not sick in Jesus' name. I think there's bound. I think that if that's how you roll, go for it. But I believe that there's realities that I sometimes struggle with, and there's truths that are in my Bible. And I take the truths, and I stick them in my situation. Say, no, 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 no. This is illegal. This is illegal. It's illegal for me to be sick, according to this. I'm just trying to twist your thinking just a little bit this morning. A spiritual adjustment. To believe a little bit more of actually what he has to say about us. That's my goal in life. That's my passion is just to begin to understand who we are in him. If it's the only thing I ever preach on, I'm cool. Who we are in him. And, and he said, you're a new creation. You have my new covenant. You're out of the old one. Let it go. The Bible says, draw near to the Father and the enemy will flee. Some of us might be our problem is we keep facing the enemy and not facing the Father. I really don't have time to look at the enemy. You don't have time to look at the enemy. You just need to look at the Father. I don't want to have a face-off with them. Some people are always like, me and the enemy are going to have a face-off. I don't need to have a face-off with the enemy. I need to have a face-off with my father. I need to have a face-to-face with my father, and he'll flee. But I don't need to have a face-off with the devil. When I pray for people, it's not a face-off with the devil. It's a face-to-face with the father. I'm not trying to have a... I heard one preacher say, if you have a full-time God, you won't need a devil. (laughs) I just want to set my eyes on him. I want to see what he has to say. I want to do what he says to do. I really believe it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I just want to be a part of taking this new covenant and taking this identity in him and saying, I just want to give it out. That's what will, that's what will attract people from the north and the south and the east and the west. As they say, you know who you are. The church has done a fantastic job of teaching us who God is. And some of them have really taught us who the devil is. But what's a lacking portion is who we are. And I know I hit on this all the time, so I just had to hear it again. But I'm pretty great in the kingdom. You're pretty great in the kingdom. I said, you're pretty great in the kingdom. (laughs) You have everything that's needed. Put it this way. Within you, every need in that aisle of people sitting with you, you have it in you. 
What? My goal is to create a place where there's not lines all the time for the big dogs. Say that again. My goal is to create a culture where there's not always, some of you are going to talk to me after church and now you're scared, but my, my heart, I love talking to people, but I, my heart is to create a culture where there's not always a line down the aisle for the speaker and there's four people on the prayer line, nobody's praying with them because they think I carry something more than they do. I don't. Matter of fact, some of them are way better at praying than I am. Andrew's way better than me. I love it when he prays for me. Oh, stop. (laughs) There was a story in the Bible when Jesus was teaching. I don't remember it. I didn't have this plan, but I'll close with it. Jesus was teaching, and the Bible says that they were asking him all these questions. And you could see in the scripture, you could feel the excitement growing. This is him. This is, this is the one we've been believing for. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And somebody drops the bomb. Isn't that Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph, isn't that the carpenter? And dishonor took what could have been a moment that they'd been praying hundreds of years for and pushed it out and nothing happened because all of a sudden they looked at him through the filter of what they see him as in their community instead of seeing him as heaven sees him. And the moment stopped. Some of you look at other people just through the filter of how you see them. When if we could actually get to the place where we look at each other as how heaven sees us, we would have rapid healings, rapid deliverances. Because instead of the ratios being 80 to 20 or 90 to 10, it would be one to one. That person can bring me into my, that person can agree with me. That kid, that kid can stand with me. Sometimes I prefer children. No offense, but they haven't been jaded. And they have this thing where they're just like, oh, you need to be healed? Sure, let's take a break from the video game and let's just believe for healing. It's not this, well, you know, I prayed for so-and-so one time and they didn't get healed. They're not running this process of thinking. They're just saying, no, no, God heals. I know that. I love my boy, my son. He's always been just, just I mean, all my kids, honestly, they, every single one of them, uh, the reality of God as a healer is just absolute reality in our home. It's, it's if you're hurting, Let's take care of that. Let's pray.
nothing blesses me more when they come to me. And I have even my little five-year-old Addie. Sometimes I'll be laying on the couch or if I'm not feeling well, I say, will you pray for me? And I can't tell you sometimes how much power you feel through their little hands. I'm not doing a plug for nurseries or for children, but you're missing out. Say, it's crazy. So, they're amazing. I want, I want all of the younger people to listen to me for just a minute, younger ones. Everyone in this room that is under, let's start with 12. If you're under 12, stand up. Stand up, stand up. I'm not going to do anything weird. Under 12. You are a tall kid for under 12. Dude is tall, man. Under 12. All right. Stay standing. Now get back up. That's my daughter. <laughs> Extend your hands towards them right now. And it's not just for them. It's representing every other kid. Most of them are in nurseries or whatnot. But in Jesus' name, I speak over this age group. I speak over the children that they would carry such healing power and an anointing for breakthroughs and miracles. That, and there's some over here too. That they would be able, as Jesus said to his disciples, when they said, who is it that's the greatest? He said, I'll tell you, it's this kid. These kids represent greatness. And so we call it out of them right now. I pray over every single one of them that they would experience things even in young age that even most of us haven't experienced. I'm okay with them having more than me. Go ahead. Every teenager in the room, stand up. If you have teen in your name, stand up. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want you to extend your hands or put your hand on the shoulder of one of them around you. In Jesus' name, I, get, I feel like there's something crazy getting ready to happen in the room. In Jesus' name, I release over every single one of them. I pray that the fire of God would begin to come and it would begin to mark you. Mark you that you would be so burning with a passion for his name that you would carry the answers that even 20 and 30 and 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds, you have the answers even as a young man or a young woman. I release that over you right now in Jesus' name. I bless you. I bless you with wisdom. Come on, bless them. I bless you that you would understand at a young age who you are. You don't have to do all the dumb stuff because you know who you are. And you just get to do all the fun stuff. And you get to carry the kingdom. And you get to release it. And you get to watch your schools experience the presence. Because God's not been kicked out of schools as long as you're there. Because you carry him everywhere you go. And I release it over you in Jesus' name right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit down. Here's what we're going to do. Um. We're going to believe for a couple things. All right. I live for this stuff. If, you, if you're, like, not sure, like, this is, like, my high right now. I'm, like, I'm starting to feel, like, what's going to happen. Like, I'm, like, looking around. I have fun doing this.
Okay. Does anyone in the room, just curious, if does anyone have pain in uh, one wrist or both wrists? Right there, right there. Stand up. Stand up if you don't mind, all of the, all of you. Wonderful. Let's see God heal it. All right, if you're around them, I need your help. Oh, by the way, I preached my sermon, so that was it. Thanks, thanks for putting up with it. All right, if, uh, if nobody's with you, kind of wave your hand. I want to make sure we have everybody's with somebody. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to release what you carry. Hey, I need the kids, all right? All the kids and teenagers, we just filled you up, so you got to help us out. All right, I want you to begin to release healing and wholeness, and here's how I want you to do it. I want you to bless their body with wholeness. Right now, I want you to begin to bless your bo- their body with wholeness. Come on, let them hear you pray. Sometimes when they hear you pray, it actually raises their faith levels to receive. If you're being prayed for, I want you to just get into receive mode, okay? And in Jesus' name, we speak to the wrist. I speak to the wrist, especially, uh, um, first of all, I feel a left wrist. If one of you, the more of the issue is in the left wrist, um, he's going to heal both. But I speak to that one first, and I release and speak blessing over your wrist right now pain would release. Matter of fact, you may even feel a popping if you can move them um, and, and just kind of activate moving your wrist a little bit if you're being prayed for. I feel like you're supposed to, and I feel like there might even be a pop or some popping that is God healing things and aligning things. He heal you? Yeah? All right. Come on. And thank you, Jesus. All right. Come on. Come on, one. All right, keep the faith going. In Jesus' name, we release wholeness into everyone's wrist in the room right now. Those wrists. Come on. Come on, I just speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Let's believe. <laughs> now take a moment and begin to thank him for healing your wrist. I want you to begin to just give thanks Right now, over that person, you're like, well, I still hurt. Just go ahead. Just do it anyways. Give thanks. Give thanks for him healing you. Give thanks for him healing you. And keep checking that wrist. Keep checking that wrist. Keep checking that wrist. In Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you. You're healing. You're healing. You're healing. You're healing. You're healing. Yeah, 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 yeah. How we doing? You good? Come on. Doing better? Come on. Okay, we're, not, we're almost there. In Jesus' name, all right. Finish it. Mm. Finish it. Finish it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't know that I've ever called this out. I hope it's not too personal, um, but... I feel a learning disability. Um, maybe it's dyslexia. Maybe it's just something with, I feel like you see letters differently than everyone else does. And sometimes it makes it a challenge for you. Maybe it's your kid too. I know. But maybe it's just, is, does anybody deal with that in the room? Thanks. Thanks for being honest. Anyone else? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. I feel like God, I, I feel like he's going to, um, 
is just going to switch something in the way you think, and it's actually going to make you extremely effective in how you think. So in Jesus' name, I speak over their minds right now. If you would, just pray right now over their minds that, um, yeah, parents, please get your kids. Um, I speak over their minds right now that you would correct any way of thinking that is a challenge to them, that you would show them how much you love them. I pray that... um, even with numbers, for one of you, maybe numbers are even worse, but I feel like numbers are a real challenge, but it's going to be changing. It's going to be changing. <laughs> I see. Um, I see Are you specifically, AJ. I don't know if numbers is a thing, too, for you. I don't know, but yeah, okay. I see like these, I don't know these algebra deals over your head in the spirit. And I feel like God's correcting something. So in Jesus' name, I speak to that right now. He's sharpening you over both of you. This young lady back here as well. He's sharpening you. I see you like a pencil that he's sharpening you in the spirit realm. He's sharpening you. Things that you have gotten so frustrated with, whether it be it takes you super long to read a book and you give up before you ever get to the end. I pray that he would sharpen you to the point that you would be able to go quickly over here too, that, that, I, that he would bring a sharpening, that you would be able to go through books and different things, and as you get through them, you can retain them fully. And one pass, you don't have to do it 12 times, one pass, one pass, one pass. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. This is one that we'll have to just allow time to show us what he does. But in Jesus' name, I thank you for doing it. I thank you for the sharpening. I thank you for making their minds extremely sharp and making them effective in how they read things and how they add things and how they see things. And I break off any shame that's been connected to it. I just break that off of you. I just free you from that and say, you're good. You're good. You're good. In Jesus' name. All right, I I feel this one's going to be pretty broad. If you've really been having trouble sleeping, whether it means falling asleep or you have been having kind of sleep night terrors or whatnot, but it's impacting your rest, stand up. Stand up, because I feel like this is going to be one he really wants to knock out this morning. All right, Look around. All right, church, go find somebody. Let's be the church. If it's your first time, I'm commissioning you. You carry what they need. So here's what we'll do. Just release over them in Jesus' name. Rest. Rest. Rest in Jesus' name. Come on. Really set over them. Rest, supernatural, peace. Some of you, it's a peace. You need just the peace of God to come upon you. Whoa, yeah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Come on. I feel him. I feel him in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, that's good. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So good. So good. So good. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Come on. Just one more moment. I know I know this one's hard to judge on the moment unless they just doze off, but this is the this is the one time if they doze off while you're praying for them, it's really good. It's really good. So just I speak over those of you that are being prayed for that you literally just become tired even at this moment as God is showing you it's taken care of. Even if it's just a token of of what he has done. I, sh- I pray that he would just show it to you right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Anybody with a joint deterioration, some, a deteriorate, your joints have deteriorated, something with the joints deteriorating. Is that anybody right here? Connective tissue, connective tissue might be over here. Thanks, guys, right here. Yeah. I love when people raise their hand. They're always like, all right, it's me. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> Come on, a couple more. I feel like there's a couple more, and, I, and then we're going to pray something over the whole house before you go. All right, so in Jesus' name, I speak to the joints. I speak to the different tissues that have had any form of deterioration, that they would be regenerated right now. I speak a creative miracle over you, that he would begin to bring a creative, just the hands of the Father would begin to create where things are lacking. I feel like somebody even in the room, you've had something removed that's actually going to be a creative miracle that he's going to replace him. That's going to really weird somebody out, but you're going to feel it. So if there's been something removed, let's believe that he's going to create it again. Ha! (laughs) Thanks, God. Thanks. Wholeness and healing in Jesus' name. There's going to be a lot of testimonies that come up from this morning. Healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have pain, just uh, if you can check it, it's good to check it while they're praying for you because sometimes they'll pray like 10 minutes beyond the healing. <laughs> I always appreciate when people tell me because I'm like, you could have told me that a while ago. So if you're getting prayed for, don't be afraid to just like tap them and say, I'm good. I'm good. Come on, Jesus. How we doing? How many of you have been prayed for this morning for something and you feel the healing of God on you? Just wave your hand. Come on. Come on. Thanks. Yay. (laughs) I pray, me and my wife have gotten really good at the tell each other when we're healed thing. And sometimes I'll go in to pray for healing. Like she'll text me in the day and I'll come home ready to pray. And it's like, I'm going at it. And she's like, oh, honey, I'm good. I already got healed. I'm just like, oh, I've been like prepping building up on the ride home like we're gonna knit. and she's like oh I'm good I got healed so it's always great to tell people when you're healed so thank you Jesus all right one more I feel this over the house everybody stand together and we're just gonna believe God for just a tremendous outpouring of his presence on any infirmity any here's what we're gonna do we are going to declare to the enemy that anything any infirmity any sickness in my body is illegal in the spirit, and we're going to tell him that's enough of that. So, <laughs> and, and, and can I take it a little further? Sometimes we put, well, 
don't take this wrong. Some people are like, well, I'm just getting old. That's part of getting old. Who says? What about your eyes? Everybody with glasses has forgotten about that one. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this. I had a kid I prayed for one time, and he broke his glasses before he got healed. Don't do that one, all right? He like, broke his glasses, and he's like, oh, I'm not healed yet. So, but I'm believing that there's going to be a mass healing this morning over the entire room. God gave me a word about two years ago that he was going to make sickness and infirmity off limits on this property. And so that means, the, I guess, wouldn't it be cool if the lawn care guys get healed? They're just like, man, every time I mow here, I get healed. So, all right, grab the hand of somebody next to you. Let's, let's amp up the power. How many of you know when you put power together? In Jesus' name. I speak over every one of these children of God in this room this morning that no matter what the pain, no matter what the infirmity, no matter what the disease, that you are a child of God and it's illegal. It's illegal in your body and I command it right now through the authority that I have in Jesus' name and the authority that you have in Jesus' name, I tell it to get out. Get out of my body, get out of my mind. The pain, get out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we are in a pain-free zone. You're not allowed here. So go, so go, go in Jesus' name. I speak over your eyes, those of you that have needed healing for correcting vision in your eyes. I pray that even right now, that he would begin to do a miracle in your eyes. That your eyes would begin to be, you would feel it in your eyes actually. And he would begin to change your prescription all the way back to 2020. That you would have perfect vision in Jesus' name. No excuses. We believe for wholeness. Everybody say, I am in a new covenant. And infirmity is illegal. So I receive my healing. Now, God, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would do complete physical, just almost like, I see like makeovers of like everything's getting healed up. Everything get, everything's getting taken care of. <laughs> There's even some of you that didn't know that you had something your whole life and you never knew it was abnormal because you've always known it. And you're going to feel like all of a sudden something has changed because it left. And you actually thought it was, you just have known nothing but that. Get ready. Now. <laughs> you already have somebody's hand, so say, Lord, just... Let's just finish it this way. Just say, Lord, just absolutely pour your spirit out on them this week in their home and their households and their families, their children, their spouses. Just take a moment to really, really release that on your neighbors, all right? God, release your spirit on them. Release your presence on them. Come on, rise up. Come on, rise up, rise up, rise up. Rise up in Jesus' name. <laughs> Rise up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen.